0: Hey, what's going on? It's Darius and you're listening to a new episode of the Darius Farouk Show. So on this episode, I have a special interview with uh, Katrina Razavi. And Katrina is an entrepreneur. She uh, founded marriage.com and later sold it. She also works for Silicon Valley startups. And she is also a communications coach. And I took her course, which is about persuasion and communication and body language and all those things and socializing as well, which I really enjoyed. So I asked her to come on the show to talk more about this topic because the topic that we're talking about is basically how to get what you want. People call it many different things. They call it persuasion communication. Um, But what it comes down to is just but what it comes down to is just people skills and understanding how people are wired and how you can get what you want in an ethical way. So on this episode I wanted to do something a little bit different because often when you interview someone you always talk about some background and some chit chat and I talked about it with Katrina beforehand and we were thinking to make it a little bit more practical, like my articles and, you know, everything I share on my blog and So we decided to focus on five specific tips that you can apply instantly uh, after listening to the episode. So we're not going to talk about some useless stuff. We're going to talk about specific tips that you can apply to improve your own communication skills and become more persuasive. And I think that Katrina gave a lot of useful insights and tips in this interview. And these are things that you can start applying instantly. And the best thing about persuasion and communication is that you can apply things and instantly see results you could get, get immediate feedback from the people that you interact with so this is this subject is a great way to improve your skills uh, instantly almost because you you learn something and then you go out and apply it and then you can see how people respond to it and often when you you know get these kind of kind of insights you start applying them and then you start seeing the impact and it's like whoa and whole new world opens up to you. So I hope that you get a few valuable insights out of this interview. And I sure did. So um, without further ado, here's my interview with Katrina. Hey, Katrina, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Darius.
0: So uh, I've been uh, following your work for a little while about uh, communication skills. And it's one of my favorite topics as well, because in the past, I used to suck at communication, <laughs> <laughs> and I've learned, I always thought it was something that you're born with, and it's not necessarily a skill, but later on, I learned it's a skill, right?
1: Absolutely. I think a lot of people uh, have that in their heads, but it can definitely be learned, it can definitely be taught and practiced.
0: And and uh, I was wondering, like, why do you think, in your opinion, as a communication coach, uh, why do you think that? These communication skills matter because, for instance, if like if I, I'm, I'm just sitting at home and I'm like, uh, who cares if I'm a good communicator? So yeah. what can you do with good communication skills?
1: Oh, man, what can't you do? I think uh, <laughs> there's so many possibilities in so many different realms of life, whether it's professional, um, being able to interview well, leave a positive impression to build a professional network. Um, whether it's in your dating life, being able mm-hmm. to attract attention and use the right body language with someone that you might be interested in. Um, to de- family life, dealing with conflict, um, you know, learning how to confront people in a way that's positive. Um, and there's just so many aspects of life. you know, making friends, going to you know a bar or restaurant on a Friday night and you're waiting around for your friend and you're just feeling like you look down, looking down at your phone, well, if you're at a bar and there's someone else alone, maybe you can chat with them and get to know them. So the possibilities are endless, but those are just a few.
0: Yeah, I remember when I uh, moved to London a few years ago. Um, for grown-ups, it's quite difficult to make new friends, right? And mm-hmm. I, when I started learning of getting to know more people who were also expats, they a lot of people told me that they found it really difficult to, mm-hmm. you know, get to know people and. So it's, communication skills is not only a professional thing, right? So it's good for entrepreneurs or if you want to get a job or whatever. But mm-hmm. like you said, in your private life as well, uh, do you have some uh, examples that you've recently used in your own life?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I uh, it's not super recent, but I recently uh, got a job about eight months ago. I, I transitioned companies um, and one of my first meetings was with the founder of the company and... It was just a coffee meeting like it wasn't a formal interview it was just more like hey um, a friend of mine introduced me to the co-founder chat with him get to know him and you know grab a quick cup of coffee and that immediately turned into like an interview process which turned into an offer and i wasn't even really looking to be honest i just mentioned it to my friend that i was sort of unhappy at my role and all of a sudden next thing i know i had an email intro in my inbox and i'm meeting with coffee Um, with the founder and I think that based on the network that I was able to build and keep up with like the friend who introduced me to actually going to that meeting and knowing how to make a really strong first impression, know how to make the person that I'm speaking with feel important, like I'm interested in their company, which I was, it was very genuine. um, but I think there, there are very effective ways to do that, whether it's through body language or communication, um, and that helped leave a really strong impression, and that sort of helped me sort of up my career and get into a really great role with a higher salary and a great company so
0: yeah and how did you feel uh, after that that you were like oh my i've put my skills into practice and it really worked
1: absolutely yeah. absolutely yes
0: yeah that, that's pretty cool so um, i was thinking about this this uh, podcast and about how we can just share some of some good tips or some useful tips with the listeners and viewers um, so you came up with five, uh, tips that people can use to become better at communication. So, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've actually took your course as well. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is just identifying and just like killing your social nerves, because that's often the first thing that we, it's one of the first things that we experience, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. So many. Students of mine, friends of mine, just people I know, I feel like the first thing that trips people up when it comes to communicating effectively is what's happening in their head. And so um, that's why the course spends a lot of time breaking down a lot of these sort of mental blocks, if you will, that get in the way and really stop you from putting yourself out there, from feeling comfortable, um, from taking a, a social risk, right? It's, it's these nerves that, that get in our way. Um, and so one of the ways that, that I teach is to identify what those cues are, like, what are the things in your environment mm-hmm. that make you feel, um, whether it's insecure, or scared, whatever that feeling may be anxious. And so it may be um, when you are in a totally new environment. So maybe you're at a dinner party at a friend's house, and you've never been to this house before. And so that might be your cue that makes you feel like super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Or um, maybe it's being put on the spot at work, like you're in a meeting and your boss or someone in the room is like, well, Katrina, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And that makes you feel like really uncomfortable. And so when you can sort of hone in on what those cues are, what like what those things are um, in your environment or in your life that make you feel that way, first identifying it and finding ways to um, improve it or have sort of like a plan B option where you can script out cues um, or routines that you can, that you can use, Mm -hmm. um, is a really great way and a simple way to sort of manage those social nerves. So Mm. as an example, let's suppose that one of your, uh, one of the things that makes you feel uncomfortable is being called upon at work out of the blue. And so you might develop a routine for that specific moment. So I would say something like, okay, every time in a meeting, somebody calls me out of the blue. Before I dive into the conversation, I'm going to pause and take a really deep breath, and mm. then I'm going to get started saying what I intend to say, okay. and sometimes just implementing that routine will sort of help you calm down. So instead of talking fast and rambling and yeah. you know being nervous and not making sense, you sort of take a deep breath, collect your thoughts, and then mm. proceed so Um, so so the good
0: the the first step is always just identifying it and also being uh, aware of it right just to get to know yourself a little bit better like what kind of situations make Mm -hmm. me nervous or a little bit uncomfortable and as long as you can find out what those situations are and uh, just to add to that i would recommend always keeping a journal. And especially if Mm -hmm. this is something that's important to you, uh, if you think, you know, I have some struggles with communication, or I want to get better at it, I would recommend just focusing on it, you know, for a period and just try to think about your average week, you know, what kind of situations made you uncomfortable. One of my friends recently was like, uh, I, I don't know where it comes from. But he said, every time he stands at a counter to, you know, pay for something, he just get really anxious. (laughs)
1: yeah no that's super common yeah that's
0: it's very common right
1: yeah and it's just these these little things and i think if you can like you said focus in on the problem areas and the parts that make you the most nervous or most anxious the other thing you'll realize is there are also moments where you do feel comfortable, no matter how sort of awkward you think you are. So maybe it's your old group of friends from high school. Um, Maybe it's your best friend who's also your coworker and every time you go to coffee, you just have a really great time with that person. You don't even bother thinking about sort of all these mental blocks that are in your head. And so you can identify the times when you do well and the times when you don't. Prepare for the times that you don't feel well. And then the other thing you can do is When things do go well, ask yourself, what is happening in those situations? When I totally feel comfortable, when I'm totally myself, what is it about those conversations that make me feel that way? So maybe it's because you're really close to that person. Maybe it's the same coffee shop you go to. So when you see that environment, you just feel sort of at ease and you Mm -hmm. feel comfortable. Um, Maybe it's the topic, maybe you feel a lot more comfortable talking about work-related things than you do talking about personal things. Um, So by really focusing in on your problem areas and your strong points, you can begin to identify and plan accordingly.
0: Mm, Okay, that's great advice. I think uh, that's one of those things that is uh, with a lot of challenges that we face. The first step is awareness and uh, just moving forward. One of the things, moving to the next uh, tip, I would say... Uh, I've heard uh, and I've experienced this myself as well and I still do is how to how you approach people that you don't know maybe it's uh, at a networking event uh, it could be in a bar you know or a coffee shop or whatever but uh, what would you do you have a tip on how we can overcome that
1: a little bit yeah so sort of like striking up conversations and and chatting with people that you don't Mm -hmm. know Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I teach, and it's a really simple way to sort of break the ice without having to overthink it. And I think that's the one of the problems that people have is they think that the first line has to be amazing. So you have these cheesy pickup lines, you know, guys approach girls with these pickup right. lines that never work. Like it, it just, as a woman, guys, like it just, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, and, uh, where and does that come it, from?
0: I feel like people just watch too <laughs> many uh, too many movies.
1: <laughs> too many movies, yeah. Too, too many TV shows. I think it really isn't as important. The first thing you say in terms of verbally is not as important as what you do non-verbally, for one, mm-hmm. so okay. body language. Um, and people just tend to overthink it. They think they have to come up with something really clever to break the ice, to talk to, to, talk to the opposite sex, um, but it's just not true. So one of the things I teach that's super easy is um, introduce yourself and then make an observation of the environment. So um, let's say you're, you're at a crowded bar, you could say something like, hey, um, I'm I'm Katrina, nice to meet you. Uh, the bar is really popping tonight. Like, is it usually this busy? So by doing just something simple, like introducing yourself and putting yourself mm-hmm. out there in the beginning and sort of taking that social initiative, and then just making like a very general statement about the environment, hmm. um, something that they'll likely agree with if it is busy. Um, yeah. That's just like a really sim- simple way to start the conversation. And they might say something like, yeah, you know, I actually come here every Friday night. And then you can use conversational cues to continue that conversation.
0: And if they say, I have no idea, I've ne- I've this is the first time I've been here?
1: Oh, then you can say something like, oh, that's awesome. Like I come here all the time, you know, Thursday nights hmm. they have a really great DJ or Um, And we can get into conversational cues a bit to sort of uh, keep conversations going. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, But yeah.
0: Yeah, there's always uh, something you can say, right? Because often uh, we just say, we come up with something and say, oh, I might say this. And Uh you automatically start thinking about what a person might say. And too often Mm -hmm. when we think about it, we think about the negative things that the other person would say, right?
1: Yeah, Totally.
0: Uh, I think, you know, that's, uh, but how how would you approach for, so in a business setting, right? In a, for instance, uh-huh. at a networking event? Um,
1: sure, sure. So at a networking event, um, again, you can use the same strategy, um, but the context is different. So what did you think about speaker X or, yeah. you know, do you come to networking nice. events often? Or I noticed you worked at X company. Um, I have a friend that works there. Um, so it's the same exact strategy, just in a totally different context.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, what, what do you think the, the, the biggest challenge is? Because these uh, things are quite practical and uh, you can remember or uh, you, you can learn these things quickly. But mm-hmm. I feel that it, the, the biggest challenge is that it's just that, you know, those, the, the insecurity or the, the inner blocks of like, yeah. you know, why would I even just approach someone, right? That's yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes back to what we talked about um, in in terms of the mental blocks and the mental uh, things that are getting in your way and Mm -hmm. stopping you um, from, you know, kind of putting yourself out there. And there's a number of strategies that you can do. Um, I'll focus on one just to make it simple. Um, But visualization is a really great way to envision the conversation going the way you want to and in a positive way. Mm. Um, So before you launch into something like that, like introducing yourself to a stranger, you know, you might take a few moments to sort of visualize in your head the conversation going really well Mm. and going the way you want it to and sort of just taking a pause, visualizing. And when you do that, you'll typically realize that your body language is a little more at ease. You're Mm. a little bit more positive. Um, And, you know, the that's a really good way to sort of prepare yourself mentally before actually going into it. And the one thing I also want to throw in that I forgot is uh, when you do introduce yourself to someone for the first time, the easiest thing you can do to bring someone's guard down is just smile. It's so simple and it's just, it's so easy, but it works every time. And smiles are contagious. It's just like when you see someone yawn, it's contagious, right? Like those mirror neurons are, are processing and firing. And so by simply smiling um, to the other person, a lot of times they can't help it but smile back, and that yeah. really gets the conversation off in a positive direction.
0: So, so we have uh, actually three tips when it comes to this subject about <laughs> appro- it, yeah. approaching <laughs> people. So, that, but that's good. So we can uh, we can smile, uh, make an observational comment, and but before that, also visualize uh, the conversation going well. And I think I'm I'm a big believer in visualization as well. So, we were earlier talking about starting the conversation, and the next step, I think, is how to keep the conversation going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the strategies I teach is called conversational cues. And what conversational cues are, are specific topics that people use in a sentence that you can use to expand on the conversation. So, as an example, I might say, I might be telling a friend of mine that, hey, I'm really excited tomorrow morning I'm going on Darius's podcast and talking about communication. And so my friend might take different pieces of that sentence Mm -hmm. and turn that into a conversational cue. So let's take podcast as an example. So she might say something like, oh, cool, you're going to be on a podcast. I love podcasts. Uh, One of the podcasts I listen to every week is the Tim Ferriss show, for example. And so uh, that's just one of a potential conversational cue. The other one might be might be Darius. Like, oh, who's who's Darius? What does he do? I'm not familiar with his work. Mm. And then that might turn into its own conversation. Mm. Um,
0: so so oh, like a little bit of a curious approach, right? That you take a more proactive, curious approach and just mm-hmm. uh, probe a little bit more, or just question like, oh, oh, what is this or what is that?
1: Exactly, exactly. And Mm -hmm. so what that helps you do is, A, it helps you become a better listener because you have to actually listen and pay attention to what the other person is saying, which is going to make them feel, feel important. Like, hey, Katrina is actually like really engaged in this conversation. She's really listening and she's asking deeper questions. So that's in one way, it really helps you become a better listener. But then it also helps you in a very natural way, continue the conversation without it being off-topic. So mm. you know, if I were to tell my friend tomorrow morning I'm going to be on a podcast with Darius, or let's say stranger, let's say I'm, <laughs> we're talking to a stranger, yeah. it would be totally random if someone said something like, oh, well, I really like football. What do you think about football? It's like, well, we were just <laughs> talking about my podcast with, with Darius because you yeah. asked me what I'm going to do tomorrow, and all of a sudden we're on a totally different topic.
0: Yeah. That's um, what guys I, do, right? That's what, that's guys, what guys do. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Your girlfriend comes at home and they're like, oh, I had a really tough day. you will be like, oh, tonight's a game. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, do
1: <that.
0: laughs> Don't do that.
1: Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, so that's that's one uh, really great way to keep the conversation moving along. Mm. Um, and it can also be a way for you to drive the conversation in the direction that you want it to go in.
0: Mm. All right. So uh, just, just because often we make things very complicated we start getting in our head but instead of getting in your head or thinking about uh, that's what i always try to do for myself is and especially now i'm doing more podcasts and interviewing people is in the beginning i would often think about you know the questions that i wanted to ask Mm -hmm. but instead i've switched it just to listen and then see what's interesting and just uh, continue on that topic and i think if you in terms of like keeping the conversation going like what you were talking about um just that 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 listening aspect and being curious i think makes a huge impact so you don't have to worry ever again about how do i keep this conversation going because as long as you listen and obviously it depends a little bit on the other person as well if the other person just mm-hmm. says yes and no mm-hmm. you know uh, <laughs> the conversation yeah. is quickly over but if it's a it's a normal social p- person or like it's a, if it's a good conversation um, as long as you keep it keep listening, you can keep the conversation going, right?
1: yeah, absolutely. And it's a way to you know show you're interested, like you mentioned, it's also a really good way to get out of your own head, so you know the underlying the subtext to a lot of these strategies are ways to think about something else other than yourself, right mm-hmm. so when you're, when you're thinking about what you're going to say to the person, you're observing the environment, right? So you're not in your own head thinking about like, oh my God, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? You're actually having to look around you and be creative and come up with something to say to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, in this In this strategy for conversational cues, you're listening and giving your attention to the other person rather than having to be in your own head, like you said, thinking about what to say next, what do I do, what do I look like, um, you know, I shouldn't have worn these shoes, whatever may be going through your head. Right. And the, I, I, the idea and the subtext behind all these strategies is just get over yourself. Like, stop Mm -hmm. thinking about like, what is going on in your head? Like people don't notice your shoes. People, you know, aren't expecting you to come up with this crazy, great first line to approach them, like smiling and introducing yourself is enough. And so that's really what the point of these strategies are is to get out of your own head, focus on the environment, focus on the other person, focus on other things, and that helps you reduce that anxiety internally.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's such practical and down to earth and uh, advice, and that also really works. And so right now we uh, we started the conversation. You know, we've gotten over ourselves. We got the conversation going. Um, I often think about what should i do you know with my body language you know where do, where do my hands go like what should i do
1: yeah yeah absolutely so body language is a really really important and underrated aspect of communication when most people think about communication they just think about verbal the language they're using and what they're saying but what people don't realize is what's happening with your body language is saying a lot more and it's part of our evolutionary history. So before language, uh, written language, verbal language even existed back in the day, the only way to communicate was through your body. And so there are still some very kind of hardwired primal instincts around body language, um, being receptive to body language, using body language, um, that is very sort of deep, deep rooted. Um, and so When it comes to body language, I I think we talked about smiling and and the power of smiling. But I want to go a little bit deeper into it because it's one of those things where, again, you don't need to think a lot. You don't need to plan a lot. All you need to do is smile. And (laughs) uh, one of the things I teach my students, for people that don't get in the habit of smiling, it feels unnatural, unfortunately. For for a lot of people, smiling doesn't come naturally. They don't do it um, you know, sort of in a very natural way. And what Why I do like you think
0: to... that is, I'm sorry to interrupt, but
1: sure. I mean, I, I think part of it is probably having to do with like what's going on in your head. Mm. So, oh, this person's going to think I'm, I'm a dork or they're not going to mm. smile back or all these sort of like mental blocks going on in your head. And we also aren't really taught to smile. Like I, it's mm. such a yeah. powerful thing that I've used later on in my life. But nobody really taught me or told me to do it when I was going to school or going to college. And I think it would have made my life in a social way, like a lot better and a lot easier. Um, And unfortunately, it's something I just learned, you know, in in very recent years. Um, But it's really, really powerful. And one of the things I teach my students is to practice on strangers. So on your commute to work, when you're walking around on the weekends, just practice making eye contact and smiling with strangers Mm. and like, who cares if they smile back or not? They're not, they're strangers. They don't even know you, right? (laughs) Like you may never even see them again for the rest of your life. Um, and just take, they might think you're
0: crazy or you want to kill them, right? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Which will make it even more fun. (laughs) But take five minutes out of your day or on every single time you do a commute to work, Mm. just pick a few people, um, and make, eye contact and give them a quick smile and just practice sort of getting over that hump and you'll realize you end up doing it more naturally and people are just way more receptive to you mm. um, and so again it's super underrated and I think it's one of the most important body language cues that really disarms people it makes them feel at ease and they associate smiling with laughter with fun with ease and so you're almost projecting your body language onto them when you smile, right? Um, and I think it's a really, really effective way. Uh, last Friday, I went for drinks with two friends of mine, so the two of them I, I know and I had met before, and um, there was one person who was new, she came late, never met her before, um, neither had one of my other friends, mm-hmm. and she was a little intimidating, like she kinda like, you know, like walked in, like like she owned the place, she didn't really like <laughs> smile, um, and but I did and I would ask her questions I would give her eye contact I would smile at her and I'm telling you guys people have no choice but to smile back they Mm. really have no choice but to do it and so and my friend even after the conversation said like oh like she was nice once we got to know her but she was a little intimidating and I didn't really think I didn't really think that like Mm. after you know a few seconds I feel like she was disarmed she was comfortable and I think that's all it was. I think it was just being comfortable. And she w- was also maybe a little intimidated herself because she's meeting new people, right? Yeah, yeah And so something in that example really helped me.
0: Because I think um, uh, in in a business setting, uh, a lot of people, I've experienced this as well, That they think that you have to look really with a straight face and really serious because you're talking business or whatever. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that's a misconception because that's, that's not necessarily... You don't have to be... Uh, like frowning to do business or make a deal.
1: No, you don't. And honestly, like the best, the best deals that I've put together have been with people where we share a rapport and we share a shared goal. Yeah. And, um, you know, nobody in, in most cultures, um, even, uh, you know, last two weeks ago, I had a meeting with um, Japanese businessmen that came into our office and I wasn't sure like how sort of they were going to be in terms of like getting to know them and Mm -hmm. small talk in the beginning. And they were pretty casual and we had a conversation about uh, Blue Bottle Coffee, this like local coffee roastery. Uh, We were talking about their visits to San Francisco. And in most cultures it is pretty normal to have a little bit of small talk before you go down to business, right? Like nobody just walks in the room and asks you to sign a contract. There's some sort of like talking or small talk that needs to happen before you even go go into it. Um, And I've been really shocked working with you know Fortune 500 companies and their executives. Uh, There's always sort of that bit of small talk, that bit of getting to know someone, and it's a really great time to sort of disarm them and use positive body language.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm personally all about that as well. Um, Just connecting with people and just talking about all kinds of things. I think is really important. Uh, the only place that I don't do it is an email because I don't think an email serves a purpose. So I always, cu- right. uh, you know, cut to the chase. But <laughs> okay. but that's also even uh, in, a, in some cultures, that's not really appreciated. But especially mm-hmm. when it comes to face-to-face contact, uh, it's so important. I, and just like what you said about smiling and making eye contact, because often people you know the standard stuff right just don't sit with your hands uh like crossed and crossed, all that kind yeah. of stuff you know, yeah. that, that those things are also maybe true but the, i think like what you said uh, i always like to focus on a few things that make a real big impact and mm-hmm. i think that what you when we talk about the, the smiling and making eye contact those things are the make a real big impact right
1: Absolutely. It totally, it totally does. And it's easy to do and it's fun and it makes you feel good too. Um, even studies have shown that when, when you smile, um, you actually boost your serotonin levels, you feel more positive. Um, and so even when in the mornings, when I, when I wake up or meditate, I'll just smile to myself alone. And I feel like, that just makes me feel more positive throughout
0: the rest of the day. Yeah, I, I wrote an article about it recently as well. Just smiling just makes you feel good. I'm I really yeah. on the same boat. So I think people should do it, it a lot more often. Uh, one place that people don't smile is or one situation is uh, with tough conversations. So I really mm-hmm. wanted to talk to you about this as well, because I think uh, all of us in our career or even in, 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 in our personal life, at some point mm-hmm. we have to have tough conversations Mm -hmm. and what are some ways uh, to make that a little bit easier for us?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the most important things um, that people discount is sort of the value of confrontation, um, and not in a negative way. Confrontation doesn't always need to lead to some sort of argument. Mm -hmm. Um, Confrontation can just be a dialogue, right? It can be a conversation around a topic that you might be feeling uncomfortable about, Or unsure about Um, and so I think one of the ways to really um, sort of bring up a topic that you might feel sensitive about to someone else who may not even know that they're making a mistake or making you feel a certain way um, is to sort of depersonalize the the situation and the experience so um, to give you an example let's suppose that um, I have a conflict uh, with with my husband, where um, every time he uh, we finish dinner, I want him to wash the dishes. <laughs> and this is a, like a somewhat real life example. Mm-hmm. Um, so I cook dinner. Very um, relatable. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I cook dinner, and then there are times where most times he's good about it, but sometimes like he forgets, or he's too tired, or he'll leave it for the next morning. Um, and so instead of saying something like, "Hey, Sam," Every time I make dinner, you don't appreciate it, and I feel really, really bad about it. Versus, hey, Sam, when you don't do the dishes, you make me feel like X, Y, and Z. See, like the Mm. nuance, like the language is very nuanced, but instead of just accusing someone Mm. of making you feel a certain way, you're sort of depersonalizing it, so you're not saying that you're the one that makes me feel like crap. What you're saying is, when you take a certain action, mm-hmm. it makes me feel a certain way. Yeah. So, sort of, you know, debunking all of those pieces. The first thing you did was um, you made a, you talked about a specific action um, rather than blaming the person. Like you're so selfish. Mm-hmm. You just eat and run, and you make me feel like crap. Like that's a <laughs> very different. <laughs> approach then when you do x you make me feel like y right so
0: blaming is never good right
1: blaming is never good and i feel like in con in confrontation we get so emotional about things Mm. that the first thing we do is sort of say it in the easiest way possible Mm. but i think when you're confronting people it's even more important to kind of be prepared when you're going to confront someone about something that can be sensitive Mm -hmm. to frame things in a way that isn't accusing them and is blaming them and assuming that they're in the wrong and so when you say when you do x you make me feel like y it's sort of a different conversation right like Mm -hmm. instead of saying like oh like why do i make you feel like crap or i didn't know that it's more like oh you know what that's a really good point but the reason i didn't do the dishes last night is because i was working until midnight Mm -hmm. or it was because my favorite show was on like uh, whatever the reasons may be it opens up a dialogue that allows for identifying why that action uh, is affecting you and them. I,
0: and I think that's real great advice. A real good tip is to, the object, objective with tough conversations is often to uh, have a good dialogue instead of a, a fight or accusing people. So if you start out not blaming the other and just sharing how something makes you feel, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's, one of the smartest things you can do with uh, tough conversations um i i would also i would use this in uh professional aspects as well if you're at work and you you feel that you're not appreciated or being bullied or whatever you can just share with your boss how that makes you feel um Mm -hmm. and because with feelings you can't uh disagree with, right? You can't say, exactly. well, I disagree with that. That's impossible.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just, yeah, no, you, you hit the nail on the head. So I was just going to go into that. So the second part to that yes. is that you're just telling someone how you feel. Hmm. Um, you're not accusing them and saying that, you know, it makes you feel like crap. You're really explaining that you're using the word feel. It makes me feel X, Y, and Z, because as you said, it's really hard to say, well, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't feel that way and someone may say that to you like people you know do do say that but the yeah. point is to open up a dialogue where they can explain why that may not be justified
0: yeah exactly sometimes people say well you shouldn't feel that that way but I don't know I, I, I was uh, sometimes I, I I think I've said it as well in the past but it, yeah. it's, it's just I don't think that's something you should do I think because it's a it's weird yeah. right you can't say because so, actually what you're trying to say is that I didn't mean it that way
1: exactly
0: right so you have right. to, i think you have to always look at yourself first instead of say well you shouldn't feel that way um yeah but uh I just as, as a bonus tip i think this these are really great one thing that i also wanted to share is that uh, or ask you is how can we so we can learn about communication we can learn all these things it's a skill we can develop we can be- get better at it how can we teach other people in our surroundings you think in our relationships or at work or the people okay. in our team, or whatever, how we can how can we train them or make them a little bit aware of how important mm-hmm. communication skills is because we have to work together, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think for I think for one one of the things that's helped me a lot is sort of leading by example. Yeah. Um, and so people have said to me, "Oh, you know, like your emails are like super clear, or you really did well during that during that meeting. Like you really prepared." And so during those moments, really seizing the moment Mm. and saying something like, you know, the reason why my emails are clear is because I I like to use bullet points. Have you tried that? Or something like, you know, the meeting went really well, but that's because I spent, you know, two hours working on the deck before we even stepped into the room. Like, have you, have you tried that? Or you might want to use my template. And so seizing the moment and then putting it back on them and saying Mm. like, oh, like, what do you do to prepare? Mm. Or how do you think about this? Or um, sort of adding value, like, let me share my presentation template with you, or let me share how I did that. When they walked in the room, like, I smiled, um, or, you know, I stood up instead of staying seated. So you might share some of the strategies um, that you have when people compliment you, and they they notice that, and it, it will happen. People definitely will will notice mm. if you're sort of controlling the room, or yeah. you're improving socially, people will take notice, and really using those moments of recognition to suggest it to them or to help them be better.
0: Oh, wow! I think that's uh, really, that inspires me to, uh, because we talked about a lot of stuff and it inspires me to go out there now and start applying things. And I hope that people who are listening and watching also feel the same of, you know, let's start applying these things into practice. Uh, So I think that's a great way to, you know, close this off. Um, One last thing is uh, if people want to get to know a little bit more about your work and your training uh, what's the best place to connect or we- website yeah. to go to
1: yeah so my website is called CommunicationForNerds.com, and nice. that's the best place to find all my articles uh, you can also contact me through the website and I love hearing from readers and listeners so would really love to connect with you
0: all right great Katrina thank you for the insights and uh, thank you take care
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks, Darius. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Hey, it's Darius. And thank you for listening to this interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And before you go, I want to invite you to join over 21,000 people who subscribe to my newsletter. If you join us, I will send you my best productivity ebook for free. And I will also send you new articles every single Monday. So if you want to join us, all you have to do is go to Darius.show and sign up. That's it. D-A-R-I-U-S dot show.